Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the midweek service uh, Bible study for Bright Temple Church of God in Christ. I pray that each of you who are under the sound of my voice are blessed on this evening, and I pray God's blessings not only on you, but your family and everybody who is attached or associated with you. May I pray with you, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time, for these moments, and for your people. Lord, allow us to be strengthened by your word. Let us recognize this as a destiny moment. Let us grab hold of it. Lord, allow your word to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And God bless you. I pray that you're blessed tonight as you shall hear what we will be sharing from God's word. We're going directly to the word of the Lord. We're going to John, the 11th chapter, and we'll be looking at verses 11 through 15. Again, that's St. John chapter 11. And we'll be looking at verses 11 through 15. And the word of the Lord says, after saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. And the word of the Lord is blessed. Some of you may be familiar with this story of Lazarus. Lazarus, a dear friend of our savior, Jesus Christ. And he was summoned by Martha and Mary while Lazarus was sick. And Jesus tarried, even though he had been summoned to Lazarus' deathbed, Jesus tarried a while, and he gives us a little insight as to why. And while he waited, Lazarus actually died. And when Jesus and the disciples later arrived there in Bethany, where Lazarus was laid, Lazarus had been dead for four days. Jesus tells us here in the text, he says, I'm glad that I was not there. And there's a purpose behind that because Jesus was about to show the disciples and the world something special about himself. He was revealing a little part of himself to the disciples, to Mary, to Martha, to those gathered, and ultimately to the world and to each and every one of us that he has the power over death. In thinking of this story, I thought of the, th the thought that often we are down, but I want to encourage someone right now that who, who feels down that you're not out. You may be down, but you're not out. Recently, there was a monumental fight, uh, the Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury battle boxing match. It was a Titanic trilogy, and the conclusion of the trilogy just recently happened with an outstanding fight that lasted uh, the distance, and ultimately Tyson Fury reigned supreme. For those of you who watched the fight, or even if you watch the highlights of the fight, several times during the fight, these men were knocked down. However, in almost every instance, they were knocked down, but they got back up and they continued to fight. What happened here when they got when they were knocked down is the referee did something that's called in boxing a standing eight count. During a standing eight count, that means the boxer has gotten up before the ref was able to count to 10. But the ref sits there and evaluates the fighter. He counts to eight. 
And during that standing eight count, the boxer must show that he has the ability to protect himself, to show that he is aware. Often the ref will check his hands and he makes the boxer put up his hands and then he has to show some resistance to the ref's hand who puts his hand on top of it to show that the boxer has resistance and the ability to protect himself. The doctor that the boxer is aware of where he is. He's aware of his circumstances. He's aware that he's in a boxing match so that he'll be able to not only fight, but but on the limited threshold, at the very least, be able to protect himself and react to the punches that are about to come his way. What I want to say to someone tonight is that some of you may feel like and some of you may be in a virtual standing eight count. That means that the circumstances that are surrounding you seem to have knocked you down. I don't know what it is. It may be residue of the pandemic that we find ourselves in. It may be a mental health issue. It may be a job issue. It may be a financial issue. It may be a relationship issue. But some way, somehow, it seems as if the circumstances of life have knocked you down. But I want to give I want I have some good news for you that you may be in a standing eight count, but if you're in a standing eight count, the key word there is that you're standing. There's no such thing as a resting eight count or a laying eight count. You have to be standing on your feet. That means that hope is not lost. That means that you were knocked down, but you were not knocked out. That means that you still have purpose. You still have promise. You still have God's hand with you and he's working with you to help you reach your place of destiny, your place of purpose. You may be down, but you're not out. And I want to encourage somebody to just keep on standing. The Bible says, after you've done all you can, stand ye therefore, stand with the whole armor of God on so that you may be able to fight off the wickedness of the devil. I want you to keep standing and don't pity yourself when you're standing. Don't allow the devil to make you feel frustrated by where you are because in a standing eight count, that means you're still in the fight. You may have been knocked down, but you're still in the fight. And I want somebody to hashtag that right there. I am still in the fight. I've been knocked down. I've, I've suffered setbacks. I've, I've seen reverses happen to me on, in my life, on my job, in my health. But I'm still in the fight. I'm still fighting for this. I still have purpose. I still believe that God is going to render me the victory. I want to tell you that when in a standing eight count, when you're standing, that's one of the key elements of it, that you're standing, you're doing the best that you can. You're showing your strength. You're showing that you're still in the fight. But something also good about a standing eight count is that although you've been knocked down, guess what? The adversary during this time does not have the ability to touch you. It is against the rules during a standing eight count for the other boxer to touch the one who is in, a, in the middle of a standing eight count. They can't touch you. You've been knocked down. But during a standing eight count, the enemy, the adversary, they can't touch you. The ref is literally protecting you. The ref will stand in between you and the enemy, the adversary, the other boxer. He wants to make sure that you come out of the eight count in a position where you are ready to fight, that you are prepared to protect yourself, that you're ready to go on. 
When I thought of this, I can't help but think of the psalmist who said, he that dwells in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. That means that sometimes we might be in a protected place. We may have been knocked down and had to seek God's protection in his word, but we're yet in the fight. And God has constructed, much like Job, he's constructed a hedge about us. The devil said, yes, I've considered Job. Yes, I want to attack him. But God, you've constructed a hedge about him and I cannot touch him. And somebody right now might be living under the protection of that hedge while you are in your standing eight count. I want to remind you that you're standing. I want to remind you that you're in, that you are still in the fight. And I also want to remind you that God is protecting you and preparing you and making you ready for the next stage in your destiny for the next step of your purpose. It reminds me of the children of Israel. Remember the children of Israel when they were going to the promised land? They were right on the brink of going into the promised land and they sent the spies in to scout out the land. When they came back, 10 of the spies had an evil report and as a result of their evil report and as a result of their faithlessness, God did not allow them to walk into the land, but he caused them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Those 40 years, in my estimation, was God's standing eight count to the children of Israel. He's saying you're not you're, you're down, but you're not out. You can't step into your purpose and your promise yet. It's not time for you to fight. But during this standing eight count, I am making you ready. Many theologians uh, surmise that the children of Israel were not even prepared and ready to fight or battle the, the people that they would encounter in the promised land. They weren't ready for Og and they weren't ready for the giants. They weren't ready for the Hivites, the Jebusites, the, and all of those who, who they would have to battle against once they tried to occupy the land of Canaan. But that God was literally making them ready and preparing them for the battle that was necessary so that they could occupy the land that he had promised them. I want to let you know during your standing eight count, God is preparing you. He is making you ready for what's about to happen in your life. And when he releases you, I want you to know that he has given you all the weapons that are necessary to fight. Not only during the standing eight count are you standing, that means that you're still in the fight. That means that you are demonstrating your strength. Not only can the enemy not touch you, that means you are in a protected place. You're, a hedge has been constructed about you so that the enemy cannot touch you. But at the end of the standing eight count, after doing all those tests, the ref is going to look you in the eye and he's going to say, are you ready? Are you ready? And what he's looking for is a pump of the of the glove, a pump of the fist. He's he's looking for some affirmative sign to let him know that you're ready to fight. And see, some of us right might be stuck right there. It's not that God has not prepared us. It's not that God has not protected us. It's that we haven't shown God that we're ready. He knows that we're protected. He knows he's constructed a hedge about us. He knows he's given us all the tools to be successful, but we just haven't given God that sign of affirmation. We haven't, sh we haven't sh shown our gloves. We haven't put our gloves up to demonstrate to him that we're ready to fight. One of the things about David when he encountered Goliath that he didn't even recognize that he had everything that he needed to be successful in the battle. But one thing about David, he was ready. He had, he was not, not just physically ready. 
He was mentally prepared. You know why? Why was he mentally prepared? Not because of his personal physical prowess, because we know he was literally a dwarf in the side, in the sight of Goliath. He was like in the sight of Goliath, the giant who many say was, may have been as, as tall as nine feet tall. But even though David wasn't even old enough to be in the Israel in the army of Israel, he decided to fight against Goliath. He showed and demonstrated that he was ready, not because of his physical ability. He said, but because I know that God is with me. And I want somebody to, to take heart in that right now. It might, it might not, you might not have the fullness of your strength. You might not feel as strong as you once did. You may not even feel like you're in a place where you're prepared to fight, but I'm letting you know the reason I know you're ready is not because of your physical prowess. It's not because of what you know, but it's because God is with you. I'm ready to encounter and tackle any obstacle. Not because I'm so smart or not because I'm so strong, but because God is with me. Paul said when we're weak, when we're vulnerable, that's when God shows his strength. That's when we have our greatest ability. When we recognize that it's not us, but it is the God in us that takes us through. David said, it's not my own strength. He said, but yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. God is with you. God, I'm telling you right now that I'm prepared to encounter the next obstacle in my life. Not because of what I've done, not because of who I am, but because I know that you are with me. So when the boxer comes out of the standing eight count, he has to be prepared for battle. Maybe in your standing eight count, it's your time to consecrate. This is your time to get better. Remember, the Bible says, take unto thee the whole armor of God, the sword of the spirit, the, the shield of faith, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Maybe there are some things that I need to work on during my standing eight count so that I can be prepared for the battle that will ensue after I come out of this. And I want you to know you will come out of this. The question is, will you come out of it better than when you came in? And I want somebody to challenge themselves on that as well. While we're in the middle of a pandemic that we keep fussing about and we keep worrying about and we keep, we keep complaining about. The question is, during this standing eight count, are you determined to come out better? That's a determination I have personally that Lord, whatever the songwriter said, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. Whatever you're trying to prove to me in this season, don't allow me to lose the lesson of what I, you want me to learn during this time of trial, during this time of struggle. But I am determined that I'm going to be better when I come out. I'm going to have more determination. I'm going to have more faith. I'm going to live with greater expectation. I'm going to have more skills. I'm going to be more protected with the full armor of God. And I'm going to be ready to fight and to battle for God. I'm ready to walk out in my destiny. I'm ready to fight whatever the devil has before me. Remember, the Bible says, don't run from the devil, but resist the devil and he will flee from you. I'm telling somebody right now. Your standing eight count is over. Are you ready? Are you ready to fight? That's what all that Jesus was telling the disciples as we go back to our text.
He said, Lazarus is sleeping. They're declaring that he's dead, but he's just sleeping. He's saying Lazarus is down, but he's not out. He's in the middle of a standing eight count. And you know what you need to do to come out of the eight count? Remember, all you have to do is tell the ref that you're ready. So what did Jesus do? He goes to the grave of Lazarus. He tells him to roll the stone away. He's saying, roll it away. He's in the middle of an eight count. I need him to show me that he's ready to come out of it. And what did you, how did Lazarus demonstrate to God, demonstrate to our savior that he was ready to come out of the standing eight count? Jesus calls his name. He says, Lazarus come forth. And what does Lazarus do? While he is wrapped in all of his grave clothes, he makes his way. He hops forth from the grave. He hops up the steps. He, he hops to the opening of the grave. And when Jesus sees him right there at the mouth of the tomb, when he's gotten up with all of his grave clothes on, Jesus says, loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. Jesus said, release the shackles and the bounds that are on him. You know why? Because he has shown me he's ready to come out of the standing eight count. He's ready and prepared to fight. Somebody right now may still be bound. And the reason you are restricted and bound by the rules of the standing eight count is because you haven't hopped forth from where you, what you're in and shown God that you're ready to fight. Show God that you're ready to go forward. But as soon as you show that he, you're ready, I want you to know that God is going to literally speak into your life the same words that he's spoken to the life of Lazarus. Whatever is binding you, God is going to declare, lose him, lose her, and let him go. Let her go. She's shown that she's ready to fight. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for these few destiny moments where you have illuminated our life and our heart with your word. Allow us to move forward with great faith and expectation, with reliance upon what you've told us in these moments. Let us go forward with this strength to be the light that you have declared that we should be, that we might shine and that others might see our good works, but yet glorify you who are in heaven. And we pray all these things in thy son Jesus' name. Amen. And God bless you. I pray that each of you were blessed or touched by God's word on today. I pray that you were strengthened by what you have heard. And I pray most of all that you will live with great expectation, that you will live with great faith, knowing that God is true to his word. God is not a man that he should lie. But whatever he has declared, he will cause it to come to pass. Remember, you may be down, but you're not out. You may be in the middle of a standing eight count, but all you need to do is lift your hand and show God, yes, Lord, I'm prepared. I'm ready to fight. And as soon as you do, I'm speaking into your life right now. God will say, loose them and let them go. Be blessed. Thank <laughs> you.
hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.